What's up, folks? This episode of The Gently Mad is brought to you by Fizzle.co, an amazing educational resource for entrepreneurs, but mostly a community of people who are right where you are who won't let you quit. Check out the amazing deal that Fizzle is offering to you, listeners of this podcast, by going to fizzle.co slash TGM and get six weeks free, six weeks completely free to check out everything in the community and all the courses, etc. No brainer. Just do it. Trust me. Just do it. All right. Let's get on with the show. This is The Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. What's up, guys? This is the Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark, episode 29. How are you doing? Seriously, how's it going? How's your Wednesday going? How's your week going? How's your whole life going? Are you doing what you want to do? Really? Are you really doing what you want to do? Uh, I've got Stephanie Halligan on the show today, and you may not have heard of Stephanie. She runs a website called Art to Self. As well as another website called EmpoweredDollar.com where she teaches people about uh, finances and managing your money with cartoons. I know, it sounds kind of crazy, but it, it's true. And I had such a great time talking to Stephanie. We have uh, a lot in common. She is a kindred spirit for sure in, in her path and journey and just the winding road that she took to finally doing what she wants to do, which is art2self.com. You can go to that website and sign up and get a daily cartoon that she draws uh, kind of in the inspirational vein, but not cheesy inspirational, not like, you know, like, today is the first day of the rest of your life, you know, kind of bullshit like that. But stuff that is actually genuinely inspiring and encouraging if you're an entrepreneur. If you are an entrepreneur or want to be one, you know how lonely this road can be and how hard and long and just insanely difficult it can be. It's, it's, uh, I don't know how to describe the pressure of needing to pay bills and put food on the table and pay health insurance, which is a fucking mortgage these days. I, j- I just got health insurance and it costs more than my mortgage payment. It's unbelievable. That's another another story though, but it can be really stressful. All these things can be stressful. If you've got kids, I mean, life is, is packed and it can be hard to balance all that and still try to do what you really want to do deep down. And a lot of us settle, 
You know, we just, we go the safe route. We decide it's, it's too much. It's too risky. It's too stressful. I'm, I'm just going to be safe. I'm going to get that corporate job. I'm going to become a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. Nothing against doctors or lawyers because we need those people. But, you know, I'm going to go for, you know, a, a relatively safe career that's going to provide a good paycheck. And then I don't have to worry about that stuff. And that's part of what Stephanie did. She went down that road. and But all the time, there's just this feeling, this nagging, that this unsatisfaction that you're not doing what you really want to do. And it can take a lot of guts to jump from that to doing what you really want to do, especially if you don't know if you can make an income from it, if you don't know if it's something people want. But... One thing Stephanie found, and I found too, that once you really believe deep down that the thing you want to do is possible, it just seems like all kinds of doors open. But it's really hard to believe that. You know, in fact, it's so hard to believe that, that most of the times when we think about you know, what is it that I really want to do with my life? We can't even answer that question. We can't even think of anything because the thing we really want to do, we've convinced ourselves so deeply and for so long that it's just not possible, that it doesn't even come to mind. We've forgotten it, actually. And it's, you know, we talked about that in Stephanie's story. I've experienced that in my story. When I launched this show, I I didn't think anyone would listen and I, I believed somewhere deep down that there was no way I could make money from a podcast. It just, it just wouldn't happen. I couldn't do it. I've been trying for two years and had been unsuccessful at making, you know, I mean, I made a little money, but nothing, nothing serious, nothing like I could support myself with. And uh, I just did it anyway. And it's, the results have been amazing. You know, a week ago, I decided to open it up for listener donations. You guys, those of you who really appreciate this show and want to throw in a dollar or two um, and help me uh, make it and keep making it, making it better. And I'm so grateful for those of you that have. Um, several of you have already jumped in there doing that. Jennifer Going, Mark Kennedy, Jessica Hernandez, thank you. Thank you for for uh, giving me money to keep doing this. And I know that money is hard to come by these days, believe me. So thanks to you for doing that. If you want to jump in on that and help me out, then you can go to abclark.com support. And there's some various options there for how you can support the show. But uh, I would greatly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, Stephanie does the same thing. She's, she's uh, building a website at arttoself.com, and, and right now it's just completely reader-supported. So um, I support her monthly, and I think you should too, because what she's doing is great. And I want to support people that are going after it, that have decided that it's worth pursuing. It's worth going after the thing that you feel like you're meant to do, because the world needs people like that. The world doesn't need more people just doing a job because that's the safe thing to do. The world needs you to be who you are and to do the thing that you're meant to do. 
I really believe that. So if I can encourage you in any way to start heading that direction, then I would love to. And if you want help, if you're stuck, if there's anything I can do, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Send me an email, adamandavclark.com. Hit me up on Skype. I'd be happy to talk with you. And I don't know how much help I can offer, but I will certainly offer whatever help that I can. So I really enjoyed talking to Stephanie. This was a really fun and just inspiring episode. I was so encouraged to know that there's someone else out there doing exactly what I'm doing in exactly the same place and not knowing if it's going to work and kind of putting it all on the line in hopes that it will and, and starting to see some results. It's a great story. It's very inspiring. So we're going to dive right into that. I've got one more thing to mention before we get to the show, though, and that is that this week's giveaway is generously being donated by Cotton Bureau. So if you're not familiar with Cotton Bureau, they make t-shirts and they're very awesome t-shirts and super high quality and they're going to give one away. So you can win a free shirt, uh, including the shipping costs, zero cost to you by going to avclerk.com slash giveaway and get in on this week's giveaway. Uh, check out cottonbureau.com if you want to and check out some of the shirts they have. It's it's uh, really cool stuff there. And you can pick one, anyone. It's not just one shirt that you're going to have to choose. You can pick anyone you want and get it for free on the giveaway. So again, that was avclark.com slash giveaway if you want to get in on that. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all all we've got today. As I said, I hope you're having a great Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show and telling your friends about it. I It's been a tough week. I talked about it in the last episode. Uh, it's just been a down downer week for me. I don't know why. Um, I'm under a lot of pressure for sure with the time it takes to put this podcast together and getting my podcast course done and all the work that I've got to do. And and it's tough. You know, I just sometimes I feel like it's too much and that I'm never going to be able to succeed. But I, I've gotten some great emails from you guys that have been so encouraging. And uh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going as long as I can. <laughs> I can't can't really, really promise anything, but I'm going to keep going until, you know, something physically or forcibly stops me from making this show because it seems to be having such an impact on you guys and that means that means everything to me that's that's why I want to do this show so all right uh we're gonna get to this conversation with Stephanie in just a minute we'll be right back with that after this brief word from our sponsor many of you know, we're sponsored this month by Fizzle.co, a great educational resource for entrepreneurs. But if you're an entrepreneur or trying to be one, you know how time-consuming it can be. And sometimes it feels like the last thing you need is more information. And that was the case for Julia Tunstall, who runs, along with her husband, a website called abarabove.com, where they teach mixology. I listened to the Fizzle Show for about six months um, and never joined because 
I had no time for more content. <laughs> I was already content overloaded. I don't need more training courses, you know, all this stuff. But then something changed when Julia and her husband crashed a fizzle party and she found something amazing, something most of us long for. I'll let her tell you the story. At the time, we were, my husband was employed as a bartender, bar manager. I was employed in a data geek role at a big biotech company. And um, nobody at our jobs got it. I mean, everybody kind of looked at us and went, oh, that's cute, you have a blog, that's adorable. And, um, you know, at, at best they were kind of supportive but thought we wouldn't make it. At worst, they were patronizing. And going to that happy hour, suddenly we were kind of with our own people again. And it was like, oh my gosh, these folks are out there. The little guys, you know, because you can find the gurus. It's really easy to find the gurus. But finding the other little guys, the other guys who are just still figuring this stuff out and trying to figure out how do I get my first hundred people on my list and all that stuff, um, they were there. They were in that bar and I got to meet them and it was amazing. Oh yeah, and that thing about time and not having enough of it, Turns out, Fizzle actually saves Julia time. I don't have anywhere else where I can post a question and say, I don't know what's going on, but for some reason when I do this technical thing and I post to Facebook, it doesn't work right. Does anybody else know how to fix this? And somebody will answer. Instead of me spending 17 hours on Google, digging <laughs> around uh, like forums and poking things, somebody who actually knows what they're talking about who's fixed this in the past will answer and so actually having that kind of a community can save you a ton of time yeah so what, what you thought was going to just take more time out of your day actually ended up saving you time it's been incredible and it also creates these amazing relationships i found my mastermind group on fizzle i've made some incredible friends who will probably be lifelong friends they've been your friends for years now um and you know these these are our people um, they're all they're all hiding online and, they, you know, working from home, um, working for themselves. Uh, they're not in the Starbucks. They're not in your office. They're they're somewhere else in a, in a lonely office somewhere. And I, I found that Fizzle is kind of the way to find them and, and say hello. So maybe you're that lone wolf who doesn't need anyone and can do it all yourself. But I know that I'm not that guy. And I don't think most of you are either. I need people. People need people. Just ask Barbara Streisand. And Fizzle is the place to find those people. And they're doing something really cool just for TGM listeners. You can get a six-week free trial. No contracts, no strings attached. Six weeks free where you can go in and check out everything they have to offer, the community, the courses, all of it for free. Just go to fizzle.co slash TGM and sign up for your free trial. And once you're there... Look me up, and I'd love to connect with you on the other side there and, and engage in the forums and help you out in any way I can. So again, fizzle.co slash TGM. Get in on your free trial. It's a no-brainer. Just do it. All right? Do it. Well, it was my absolute pleasure to talk to Stephanie Halligan on today's episode. Stephanie, as I said, is a cartoonist and writer behind ArtToSelf.com, sending you daily, personalized, inspiring cartoons and notes to help you start the day from a positive place. 
She's also the cartoonist and money expert at EmpoweredDollar.com. And if you, like me, have no idea how cartoons and financial advice come together, then I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Stephanie Halligan. Well, I'm glad we finally uh, finally did it, or well, we're doing it anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so many reschedules, and I, 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 it's it's not usually like that, but sometimes it just happens. Um, my kids, it's at the beginning of every semester, they get sick, and then of course we get sick, my wife and I. But mm-hmm. for them, it lasts like a day or two. But for me, it lasts like it seems like a month. Right. And it probably the germs probably had just enough time to incubate and get stronger before they moved on to you. Yeah, pretty much. Seems like the way it is. But uh, do you? Um, uh, what's your situation in terms of uh, family, kids, grandkids? Are you a great grandmother, Stephanie? No. Yeah. Not yet. So close. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I live in D.C. and my entire family lives back in Seattle. So extended family, um, nuclear family, they're all on the West Coast. And I've been on the East Coast now for about um, pro- about 10 years. How did that happen? How, how, how are you here and they're all there? Yeah. So I, I love Washington State a lot. Um, growing up there, I had a feeling I would never leave it unless I I did it once. So yeah. I decided to go to Boston um, for college. So I went to BU up in Boston. And um, after that, ended up graduating like r- right when the recession hit. So I was looking for jobs anywhere. And DC happened to be a place where there's, you know, always jobs no matter what the economy looks like. So I moved down to DC and I've been there for the last five years, but I'm kind of, I'm looking to mix it up. Um, probably head back west sometime soon um yeah i'm in the same situation where i am looking to head back west sometime soon as well but what um uh why why do you want to go back i guess oh gosh um i think you know there's always been a part of me that's really likes the the chill pace of the western half of the u.s and and just i think the scenery too there's just something really comforting about um (laughs) about mountains and evergreen trees that i miss a lot but um but yeah i think being on the east coast you know as as a self-starter and an entrepreneur it's been it's been a good energy out there for me to 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 do a lot of work and to I think be a part of a really heavy work culture, but at the same time, I just kind of want people to chill out. And so (laughs) I'd like to surround myself with those people again. Nice. So you're thinking maybe Seattle back like with family or just anywhere West Coast? Um, I think I'm open to anything. Actually, Matt and I are going to going out to Boulder um, in March and we're going to live there for a couple of weeks, do an Airbnb, see what the city city is like see what it's like living literally next to the mountains so yeah um you know that kind of work from anywhere lifestyle i think i want to take a lot more advantage of it and see see where it could take me um so first stop is next month and checking out colorado yeah well you mentioned the work work from anywhere lifestyle so are you um i'm guessing are you in that or are you trying to get into that yeah i've been 
I've been in it for about a year, let's see, a year and four months now, um, doing my own thing, working from anywhere. Uh, and it's been a, the first year, you know, it's, it's been a wild ride. I'm sure the ride will get even more crazy <laughs> as the yeah. years continue. But, um, yeah, I, I, the, the life of freedom is, is a really amazing one. Um, so yeah, it's been a little over a year now. So what, what happened between, um, you know, I don't even know exactly what you do yet, but what happened between college and, and, and becoming a, an entrepreneur basically? Yeah. So, um, you know, I graduated from college. I graduated from college to like a lot of people with just tons and tons of student loan debt. Um, a surprising amount wasn't really, didn't really quite know how much I was getting myself into. And yeah. so, um, Graduated in 09, which was wonderful timing in the job market and about $30,000 in student loans and just scrambling to get a job. And, um, it, you know, I, again, I was, I was kind of shocked by the money situation I got in. And that's when I was, I decided, oh, I really would like to, <laughs> I wish that someone had taught me what to do with my finances. And so I kind of started teaching myself. And at the what same did, What did you go to school for, by the way? I went to school for international relations. So the idea was that I wanted to um, kind of save, cure poverty in, in really impoverished parts of the world. That was yeah. kind of my long-term <laughs> career plan in a really general sense. They shouldn't um, let people like us um, get student loans, I'm convinced. Because right. I, I had the same kind of thing, except mine was more religious focused. I was going to go be like, you know, a missionary or something like that. And and it's like, yeah, I, I think back and I'm like, they shouldn't let a Bible major take out student loans because there's no career path there. So Sure. Oh, <laughs> totally. Or or if you go into to college um, undeclared like I did, um, you should get like a red flag like this. This student doesn't know what she's doing and right. she shouldn't borrow for this <laughs> yeah. ambiguous career path that she's on. So I was a music major at one point. I was an English major. I was a Latin American studies major. And then you know, the, the last month I was allowed to declare, I ended up becoming an IR major. Um, yeah, I was the same way. I had no, I, I went to college just because I was interested. I don't know about you. I didn't go right out of high school. Um, I already had a career, a job and just decided I wanted to go. And so I just took whatever classes I wanted to take, you know, which, so I've got tons of credits, way more than I would need for a degree, but I don't actually have a degree because none of it all adds up to a degree, you know, <laughs> any particular degree. Because it would just be like one semester, oh, I'm interested in English and writing this semester. So I'd fill it up with a bunch of lit classes. The next semester, it was like, like you said, music and, and different things. So, um, yeah, what is it about that? Like, are you just naturally uh, curious, like, like learning kind of person? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because in middle school and high, I mean, even before middle school, so like growing up and almost through high school, I was really dead set on becoming like an animator for Disney or doing or working with Looney Tunes if they were still making cartoons but just really I yeah. I was such an artist growing up and then I hit I hit high school um and I am a curious intellectual type person and I just saw this split between people who like to learn and people who were artists you know the the kind of lazy stoner kids were all in art class and the like yeah. curious people who applied themselves were in the AP classes. And I kind of, I had a choice at that point. Um, and so I I was like, okay, I was kind of resigned to keeping my art 
as a hobby. And, um, and at the same time, too, I was the first person in my family to go to college, and I didn't really quite know what I was doing. I just yeah. kind of, um, I felt my I had a really good friend group, thank God, and they they really um, helped guide my process in terms of picking a school and how am I going to pay for it. Uh, well, why did that- you resign? Why did you resign yourself to that? I'm always curious about that because I'm the same way. I look back and think the stuff I wanted to do when I was younger, like I could have done if I had just believed it was possible. But the stuff, for whatever reason, I just didn't think ah, I'll never be able to make a living at this. So yeah. I just picked something else that I was good at that seemed more profitable. And was it the same thing for you? Or why did you just decide, yeah, I'm not going to be able to be an animator for Disney? Yeah. And I think it was, it was the, it felt like a split decision. I think just because I saw the people who wanted to do art were going to art school and in art school, you didn't get to learn still about history and literature and all the things that I still liked to learn about. Yeah. Um, and the kids who were, who were all, taking all art classes were just, were not the kind of, um, I guess, curiously intellectual friends that I wanted to, to be around. And so all of my friends who were going to college, which I felt like was the next step um, that I needed to take uh, for whatever reason, um, they were all applying and, and going to major in business or, or they were going to major yeah. in sociology or they were picking majors that weren't um, creative. And I think going to get a degree and hopefully getting a return on investment on that. And so it, it just be it seemed like a really... You know, looking back on it, obviously you can do both, or you can pick a different path and I think sure. a more creative path. But looking looking back, I think I I just saw two choices, and they were mutually exclusive. And yeah, um, even when I got to college, too, the art as a hobby started kind of falling to the wayside. I think because I was, I felt like I didn't really have that much direction in life anymore. So yeah. Um, but yeah, you were, was, enjo- were you enjoying yourself, though? Like the path you chose, it, I, I'm a, it doesn't sound like you were hating it, you know? Yeah, you know, it. I I think I was confused. So I couldn't say if I really enjoyed it or I really hated college. Um, but I didn't have that compass anymore. I think the compass that had guided me so much, um, you know, from age three when I was drawing in cartoons on the floor of the living room all the way through most of high school... I didn't have a direction. And, you know, again, I started dabbling in five different majors before I landed on one and just um, trying to latch on to something that I thought would be interesting and lucrative. Um, And I think as I was in that kind of confused state of trying to find out what to make of my college experience, um, the art kind of died off naturally during that time, which was, again, in retrospect, I'm like, well, that was probably a pretty big indication of how happy or passionate I was about my life in that moment the fact that the thing (laughs) the thing I was almost born to do was not even something I was doing on the side anymore Um, so I would say confusing more than anything well what was it like being you know a kid and being artistic and stuff I mean were your parents supportive of that I mean you know were they like yeah you can do this you know you can do this if you want to do it or or were they more the kind of no you need to go and, and get a real job kind of thing yeah, um, it's interesting because they were always really supportive, um, really fueling my creativity and letting me experiment and do kind of whatever I wanted in life. And I think recognized my talents pretty early and um, I think gave me every opportunity to expand on those. And then they also recognized that I was 
um, smart in the academic sense too. And again, yeah. that um, intellectual curiosity, they, they fed that as well. Um, and then I think really it was towards the end of high school when it, you know, people, friends especially, um, started talking about college and where you're going to go to school when they were supportive of whatever I wanted to do, but um, couldn't offer perhaps as much guidance as I maybe needed at that point. Sure. Um, so they let me kind of guide and dictate my own path. Um, and it wasn't really explicit about, you know, whether or not I wanted to go to art school. It, it was just kind of that natural choice that came up in me as I watched what my peers were doing. So they were always supportive of me. Um, but I really, I, I, I took the reins myself in terms of what I wanted my higher education to look like. And I think I was the one who made the choice of, how far I wanted to take my art and what I wanted to do with it and decided to pursue yeah. a college degree that seemed <laughs> seemed the right choice at the right time. Seemed more realistic. Yeah. Well, on one of your one of your websites, I love um how you describe yourself. Uh you say like in your not so good moments you describe yourself as an overanalytical, obsessive, untethered, self critical <laughs> perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. Which, that's exactly how that's how I am in my best moments, actually. I don't think it ever gets better than that. And um, it seems like we're a lot alike in that. And so I'm just so curious, like, you know, your parents were supportive. Everything was there, but you just decided, I can't do this. And I wonder if it if it had something to do with that. Like, you know, I had the same things, like sort of dreams, like this is what I want to be. But I would just talk myself out of it. Like, I would just say, I'm just not good enough. Like, I'll, I'll just never be able to pull that off, you know. Yeah, and um, I think I'm learning a lot more about th those kind of characteristics in myself that um, I tend to be my own worst enemy and the person that talks myself out of things. And, yeah. you know, it's the, all of the self-doubt and the fear and the criticism. It's all coming from this internal source. Um, and I think that there's actually some um, interesting science out there about uh, children who grew up in households that were really highly nurtured and encouraged and basically um, could do no wrong having these internal barometers that don't really know like where's happiness like what's a 10 in terms of happiness what's a five and what does oh, that yeah. feel like when you grew up <laughs> and your entire life was I mean it's not a bad thing it's a I'm so grateful for my parents but emotionally very cushioned because I was supported and nurtured and you know, was able to follow and pursue my dreams so that I, I feel like I, I built up this, you know, these scripts in my head to, to almost scale myself back at times, um, and not really knowing when enough is enough or when I'm good enough or, um, you know, doubting my own abilities. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's been an interesting, I think, uh, especially as an entrepreneur, um, a, a battle yeah. of self-awareness the last year. No, I, I totally get it. I'm exactly the same way. I hate those kind of tests because I, I can't, my, my brain is wired in a way whenever, you know, even when you go to the doctor and they say, well, how much pain are you in zero to 10? It's like, how, how am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> like, what is zero and what is 10? And I'm all like philosophizing in my brain about like, well, maybe 10, you know, maybe I'm not at a 10 because 10 could be like, you know, if I broke both my legs, you know, and it's mm -hmm. just, <laughs> I cannot answer those kind of questions. I'm too like mentally obsessive to answer that kind of stuff and it's almost like I don't know if you experienced this for me it sounds like our college experiences was were very similar for me it's like I just couldn't figure out what to do because I enjoyed so many things and I felt like I was good enough that I could probably make a success of whatever I chose 
So in a way, it was just completely paralyzing. Like I couldn't choose anything because it was always this question in the back of my mind, like, what if I pick the wrong thing? It's like the, I like I, the analogy is like you know the Baskin and Robbins. You know, there's 31 flavors. Well, I don't know what I don't know which flavor is the best. How am I supposed to know? What if I pick the wrong flavor? And I was so obsessed with you know, I hadn't yet discovered the idea that you know I could pick a flavor and if I didn't like it then I could get another flavor <laughs> you know right yeah yeah no exactly I felt the same way and and I think too the the choice before that was even more important which was oh I'm well I'm not going to be an artist so it's time to look at the other 30 flavors and re- like again in retrospect being realizing that I think I was suppressing and putting down this really inherent passion of mine and part of myself uh, to be um, not just an artist, you know, pen to paper, but creative in how I approached my life. Um, yeah. And so then again, when I was presented with choices where it wasn't just overwhelmed and paralyzed by the choices, but it was like they, none of them really quite fit. So I was just trying on the next one and the next one to see if something felt a little more comfortable um, and ending up just, oh, I think, almost resigned. I remember deciding my major kind of the last day you could sophomore year um, and just, okay, this is it. This is, I've tried on a few and I think this one might be the the best one. Um, but really, yeah, I, yeah not, um, you know, I've finally come back around to my artist self, but um, that college experience was a really confusing one just for that reason. But at that point, did you have this sense that like, okay, you know, I just, I have to pick something, so I'm picking this one. And that sort of sense like, this is what you're going to have to do for the rest of your life. You know, that, that was my issue is that I I hadn't, hadn't really discovered the concept of, you know, life is a journey and it's a pattern. It's a series of seasons and things change. And it always felt like whatever I picked was going to destroy or it was either (laughs) going to be happily ever after, or it was going to be death and destruction. And there was no in between, there were no second chances. I mean, did you, it was, did you feel that way at all when you were trying to pick like, you got to pick because this is it, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I think I really wanted that. I wanted um, I wanted that commitment and security. I wanted yeah. to, just, to jump on a ladder that would carry me up somewhere. And I think um, I think feeling a little financially insecure growing up, just kind of the household I was in and, and watching my parents as entrepreneurs, um, in, uh, I think struggle, I think with the the income piece or the consistency of an income. And all I wanted was a paycheck that was regular, that I had a yeah. clear path. I was a really good student. So I, I wanted to continue on some sort of path and track that would just carry me up. And so I was actually kind of looking for that, that commitment somewhere that I could just, you know, I was, I was good at working, so I was going to work hard and I was just going to climb up the ladder. And I felt like that that's what working and that's what getting a college degree is all about. And that's the the path towards happiness. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, I guess, did you feel at all like, you know, the animation stuff and the drawing, like, like that was not, I'm just wondering if in your mind there was that battle there, like maybe that's what you really deep down wanted to do, but that didn't equate with financial security, which was something you also really wanted. And maybe that had something to do with why, you know, you just decided you just ruled that out as an option. Right. Yeah. I think that was definitely part of it, which was, um, you know, the starving artist was definitely an archetype that I'd never wanted to, to even dive into. And, and again, I think when I, when I got to college, I was deciding between majors and even, it even came across my mind, well, maybe I could double major, maybe I could do 
international relations or economics and then have a double major in graphic art or something visual. Um, But the college I went to, you know, and I think most colleges make it really difficult to do a a double major in something that's really unrelated. So, you know, I think my external environment um, kept showing me signs or at least how I interpreted the signs, which was pick one or the other, not both and, and especially not become a successful lucrative uh animator for sure right for sure yeah yeah that's so it's so interesting it's just our, I, I feel like our paths are so similar here but so you graduate college and you're looking for a job and and i guess you said you know the whole international you know cure poverty thing um i'm, I'm i mean obviously at some point you realized that wasn't going to happen i mean was that right after school when you realized i just need a job or were you still hoping then that that was going to happen for you yeah, um, I think um, almost immediately after graduation, I really just, I felt like I was dropped on my ass and I had to like uh, figure things out for myself. And the, apparently there weren't plentiful cure poverty jobs out on the market. <laughs> and especially in 2009, it was it was like, oh, interesting. This is really challenging. I also don't know what I'm doing. Um, and so I ended up being able to take an internship that I had at a, at a refugee center in Boston and translating it into kind of like a, a stipend type job, um, right after graduation. I mean, it was, it was barely minimum wage. And, um, again, I was just, I got slapped with this like student loan bill that I didn't even really expect. Um, so I, I was in a boat where I was looking for anything and everything. Um, and it didn't really matter what my degree was. And so, um, I, again, I started teaching myself kind of personal finance tricks and tips so that I could survive on that really small amount of money I was making right after graduation. And then, um, at the same time, my internship asked if I would start to teach financial education classes to the refugees at the refugee center. Um, and they trusted me with that because you don't really need to know much to teach someone who's just kind of arrived in the country for the first yeah. time. So I was teaching workshops on what are credit cards, how does the banking system work, and then kind of going home at night and looking at my own money and wondering what the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that that kind of got me on the financial education path um, that I ended up taking um as my career path right after college because it was the one that was in front of me and I started honing and developing a unique skill set um and <laughs> there was a job in DC that I ended up getting that was not related to international relations but I could use that those financial education lessons I learned personally and some of the experience from teaching the workshops and um you know I made a I made a pivot that I didn't really expect right after graduation but it it got me on a really interesting path um, that uh, that I took for four years before starting my own business. So what was that job? Um, so it was a nonprofit in D.C. And so they they do a lot of economic development work, but in the U.S. And I was in charge of um, helping other financial education and savings programs around the country. So similar to the place I was working at in Boston, um, but I would be I was in charge of kind of helping this network uh, grow and and establish classes and programs and things like that. So it was a really unique position, and I was willing to move to any city at that point for for a well paying job. Um, but it was also a really cool introduction to um, the financial education world, and I got to work on a lot of projects to help low income families save for college. So it felt <laughs> it yeah. felt like a little full circle in that way, um, getting to help people. 
So were you uh, enjoying it? I mean, was it like, you know, this is fulfilling. I'm I'm living my life. Life has started, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or were you still just unsatisfied somewhere in the back of your brain? Yeah, I think um, initially, um, maybe like most college grads who get their first kind of real world job uh, the the thrill of the paycheck was a lot of of that initial excitement yeah um and and i think like i was saying the i was really looking for security and like a career ladder that i could climb and as i started getting into the career ladder i think the ladder i was on right now um which was this nonprofit space the financial education space um i really liked the work i liked my coworkers a lot um but i felt like it if I was going to grow in this industry, it was kind of the, it wasn't really the things that I was interested in, in growing, um, around and it wasn't as creative as I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I, I felt like there was, there was a piece of me that wanted to have a voice that wanted to write, that wanted to, um, I think pursue a more creative line of work. But again, I, I was still looking for ways to bring that into my job or a more creative, um, a more creative job in the financial education space. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I ended up starting my own blog while I was there just to have an outlet, yeah. like a personal finance website, um, and, and started working on the side on different projects that I thought were, um, were a little more creative related to financial education still, but I felt there was that piece in me that wasn't quite satisfied with this, with an office job. Yeah, it's interesting that you went the, like you said, you were looking for the security of, of a career, of, right. a, of a career ladder that you could climb and the paycheck because, you know, it seems like your type of personality, which is the same as mine and, and friends of mine who have the same sort of personality who um, are, are pretty talented and, and, and easily able to do many things and can kind of self-educate and have always... Um, been creative in some way and in, in, in the desire to make things anyway um that, like that's the I never wanted that like that was the last thing like I knew from the beginning like my ultimate dream was to was ha to have freedom you know to be self-employed mm -hmm. and have have freedom and the last thing I wanted was a career you know a typical career um and you seem a lot like that but but still that was you know I guess it was like you said just the financial stuff at that time in your life was was driving you to to go that direction right yeah exactly I think um, I couldn't quite articulate what my need was because my need for a steady paycheck and that financial security was so much greater yeah and and it was you know it took um, it took five years after graduation when I finally started my own business to to have those scales tip where freedom became a lot more important to me than um, then the, like the overarching theme of like a consistent paycheck. Um, a lot of that was me, I think, saving up in, in preparation for some sort of leap that I knew I was going to take sometime in my future and paying off my student debt. So it gave me yeah. a little bit of a feeling of financial security, but yeah, I think it was such an overwhelming need that I, I, I felt like I had that, um, it, it took me a long time as the, I guess, the creative type, the person that worked on side projects for her entire um, professional life to realize that I could actually translate it into a business and I would be okay and successful and actually comfortable giving up that piece of security that I'd held on to so tightly for so many years. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of, you know, you've got the um, 
Art Art to Self website and the Empowered Dollar website, like this business that you started, um, which um, I'm not sure which one of those is your business, you know, which um, that, that you started a little over a year ago, you said. Yeah, so um, I ended up um, over a year ago leaving the kind of financial education world. I, I had been at that point working for a startup. I was designing online financial education games and um, classes for like high school students and college students. Um, again, when I thought about that career ladder, that was probably the top of, you know, place I could go where I was like, oh, I get to be so creative and I get to do financial education. This is, yeah, this is amazing. And, um, you know, I think that was my tipping point when I realized that the job wasn't the job for me. And I really needed a place where I could exercise my own intellectual capacity and be creative. And I just was like, th- that was the point for me when I realized I can't do I can't do a nine to five or, you know, eight to seven where it, yeah. where it was some days. And um, so I think it was reaching that quote unquote top of the ladder for me in the financial education space that I decided to um, about a, a little over a year ago, venture off and do my own financial education consulting and really be this this consultant who brought creativity to the personal finance and financial education world. So what does that I mean? Would, like, like explain um, cause those seem, you know, your, your, your interests here seem like just so not connected, you know, the creativity right. and the, the artistry and the drawing and then finances, you know, yeah. <laughs> like just completely it, opposite. No, it, it doesn't, it, yeah, it, it seems like really, uh, polarizing interests. So, um, you know, I, I started doing the consulting work, um, where, um, companies and nonprofits would come to me. Either they wanted to design a course or do workshops or they had a product and they wanted to think of more creative ways to deliver that to customers. So I would write classes and basically it's my job to make sure that people don't fall asleep when they're hearing a lesson about budgeting or, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we engage somebody around a new financial product online so they're not just glossing over it or they can feel like they can connect. Um, So on a consultant level, that's, that's how I started my business. And then... Again, I think as I let go of this um, kind of my typical career path, as I left my my traditional job and I moved into entrepreneurship, that artist piece in me felt, I think I felt like I had more breathing room to start to do art again in a way that I didn't. So as a hobby, I my art kind of came back to life when I started my own business. And I realized that I could put this on my personal finance blog, um, empowereddollar.com. Uh, it was bizarre and weird, but I I wanted a place and an outlet for my art. And so I started drawing cartoons to explain either boring or complicated personal finance topics. And it really was, I think, the shift in my website that that started to get a lot of traction because I was combining two, like you said, really polarizing seemingly opposite things into one and I felt like I was finally feeding that piece of myself that had been starving for so many years to do art and put it out there to the world and that and that is where you started to um gain like like gain traction with people visiting your blog and and was that blog designed to lead to clients or was this something different yeah, so originally it was um, a blog for blogging sake, sakes. When I first started it, it was really to 
to have a voice and tell my story, especially as I was paying off my student loans. Um, and then it became when I started my own business, it became kind of the, um, I think the stamp of authenticity for me as a consultant. Uh Um, and then I realized that I could actually turn this blog into a business with traffic and affiliate links. And, um, I did money coaching for a while. So it became kind of a transform from lead generation to, um, an actual, kind of income generating business through my blog and using uh, visuals like cartoons to, I think, get attention and explain concepts and then lead people to to make a a choice with their money. Um, And usually most of that was with affiliate links or partnerships and sponsored posts and things like that. So is it still, are you still doing client stuff or or did you transition to um, away from client work to products and, you know, information like you know earning money directly from what you put out of your head (laughs) yeah yeah um i am in the middle of that shift almost literally this week and the next couple weeks which is um the intentional choice to ramp down client work and really invest in a business that's mine and earning income through my websites and and creating projects or products to sell um, so I am I'm making that intentional transition and it's scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> to, again, it's it's funny because I think my definition of a regular paycheck has obviously changed as an entrepreneur. Right. But I had, you know, billable hours and the ability to earn those hours and and feels like a paycheck with clients and to um, shift, I think, that mentality over to creating something and um with a lot of hard work and intention, hoping people will buy that product that you create or mm-hmm. um, you can you can support yourself just by what you make with your own hands. Um, I am kind of in that right now and I have really confident days and I have really fearful days. Oh, uh, yeah. But, no, I know. But yeah, that's, that is definitely the shift I'm making right now. Yeah, it's like literally one day it's it's, you know, you're on top of the world and everything's going great and the next day it's like, I just need to go work at McDonald's, you know, because yes. this is never, ever, you know, it's because it's just it's so mentally taxing, you know, um, to to figure it out. And, and as you said, you know, with the financial burden as well of needing to make money and, you know, that's that's like the ultimate sort of question is like, can you is, is it is it possible? And if it is, how does one, you know, make a living, you know, put food on the table, doing the thing that they really love to do. And uh, sometimes it's not possible and sometimes it is possible. And, um, you know, you're, so, so you're, you're combined, you know, what was it about, you said you started bringing the drawing and the creativity into the financial education stuff on your blog. And uh, I think I interrupted you somewhere, but you were, you were like, is that where things started to take off on that site? Yeah, it, it was definitely where I started to get traction and, and noticed. Um, and, and in fact, it brought in some really interesting client work where people started hiring me to do custom cartoons. And I even got to do an animation. And I had a moment last year where I was like, wow, I am a paid animator right, right. now. This is, <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is very satisfying. And who knew it was going to be through personal finance. Um, and so, it, it you know, I think I, I started putting these cartoons out there and they started getting noticed in a, in a way that really, um, again, spoke to that piece of me that I, I needed to fulfill online. Um, but, but I, you know, it was, it was that artist piece in me that was still creeping up. It, it was still, I was drawing personal finance cartoons. It wasn't 
really the art I wanted to be um, to be doing. It fulfilled a need for sure. But I reached a point a few months ago when um, I felt like one, I needed a place to do my art, like for for me and share that with the world because yeah. I was drawing, you know, I, I created this like character on Empowered Dollar called the 401k9 and it was a dog with a tie that explained <laughs> retirement accounts. And that was kind of my tipping point where I was like, you know what, <laughs> there's some other art that I want to do and put yeah. out into the world besides this. Um, so a couple months ago, just realizing that I, one, I wanted to do art, two, I wanted to get into a daily art practice. Um, and I know you've read the war of art and mm-hmm. I, I needed to have something that I could, that would make me sit down every day to, to do the thing that I loved. And then the third was as an entrepreneur, I hit my one year anniversary and I, I was still so full of all of this fear and self doubt and criticism. And I, I was just, I was working through, through a lot of stuff and I just needed some, positive affirmations every day that I was on the right track. I didn't have to be so hard on myself. And yeah. It's okay to be a perfectionist, but but really, you know, take it easy, um, be gentle. And so I, I think out of those needs, um, I realized I needed <laughs> I needed daily art and I needed daily reminders that I'm I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing great in fact. Um, and that's actually where art to self was born, which is daily emails I send out with a a doodle and kind of a note of affirmation and inspiration for the day so that if you're working through a really hard day it's okay um and and here's here's a little positive reminder for you that you're you're doing just fine yeah so those are the two sites that you are running currently then yep that's how is how is the art to self blog or or you know I guess it's primarily a, a newsletter kind of thing um how is that how's that going um, it's, it's going really fantastically, like surprisingly, um, well, I, I created this site, I created art to self for me. It was something I needed. Um, and I had a moment where I said to myself, if I need this, I think other people need it too. So if uh, yeah. I think other people need the reminder, um, to, that they're doing okay in life. And I think someone might appreciate the kind of positive doodles that I do every day. Yeah. Um, so from that point, I have been getting um, notes from my email subscribers like once almost every day that are just just full of gratitude and so thankful for, you know, today's cartoon really resonated with me or I needed to hear today's message so badly. Yeah. Um, and the traction that it's getting is just it's it's really interesting how it's spreading because it's literally through word of mouth. People are saying out loud to friends or coworkers, not even just sharing on Facebook or sharing over email, but yeah. um it's a it's been a literal word to mouth thing. And if somebody wants this daily note, it's going it really has resonated with them. Um and I'm receiving a lot of um, I think emotional support and it's also just uh, you know, I've I've set up donations as well and people who feel like it's it's worthwhile to them have donated too and it's just it's been a really crazy amazing journey yeah i mean so the art to sell thing you know from what you described sounds like you know um i don't know if i want to say like the the thing like the real thing for you the thing that um brings the most 
meaning? I don't know. What I mean, you know, if you do you have a goal here? Do you have a goal of like maybe eventually art to self fully supports you and um, the the money side of things um, goes away, or 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 do you always do you kind of want to keep both of those things uh, in balance somehow? Yeah, and I I think that's a really interesting question. Um, I I am a full believer that if you create something that you need and that you can put your entire passion behind and that you put the effort and the work into, like I am doing this this daily uh, daily email, um, it will resonate with people and it can grow in a really meaningful way. Um, and then if I look back at kind of my trajectory that got me here, I think I've slowly over the couple over, you know, 10, 15 years removed the layers um, that <laughs> I think those scripts that I held in my head that I can't be an artist and make money right. or you can only be an artist and, and be starving. And so, um, you know, yeah. I would say if I had to like measure my belief in terms of its ability to sustain me 100 percent financially right now probably I you know I that would be a dream um and I could see that maybe happening someday and so I think maybe the personal finance piece will disappear over time um maybe not but I know that like I think you hit the nail on the head this art to self piece is really just the most passionate and authentic version of me online and um it took me a while to get here but since it's growing so wonderfully right now i i think it could take me to to a place where it might be able to support me yeah well it's really strange how um i feel like for some reason we're just uh i don't know whether it's uh culture or um environment or or what it is but it, it seems like we're so afraid to just be who we are whoever that is you mm-hmm. know um and we look to examples of success and we decide to you know put on those uniforms or or those you know say okay that's the model i'm going to follow cuz for some reason we're just convinced that you know the thing we really want deep down just isn't possible and it's yeah. i feel like it's such a hard thing to get over that people just don't believe that it's possible and I mean, I have the same thing with the show is like I, I created the show and I didn't think honestly anyone was going to listen to the show. I really honestly didn't. And people don't believe me when I say that, but I really didn't. And I'd just gotten so tired of what I was doing and I wanted to just do exactly what I wanted to do. And I don't care if anyone listens or not. And it's just when that it seems like when I did that, then suddenly thousands of people showed up you know and i i I think it's just that there's something about you know you people being the person that you know they were you know whatever meant to be or whatever just that that, you know just being who you are and just giving up on any pretense of trying to be something else suddenly um that connects with people i don't know i don't know why why that is um but it just seems to be the way i mean when you when you started art to self i mean did you have any idea in the back of your mind that it would turn into what it has turned into or same thing with me in the show was it more just you know i just have to do this or i'm gonna go insane kind of thing right it, it was an i just have to do this and i think i'm otherwise i'll go insane like to again to feed this piece of me and and to have an outlet for what i was working through on my yeah. own um and and i totally you know i think 
society and especially online entrepreneurship there are formulas this is how you make money this is how mm-hmm. you do business and it's i think it's easy especially in our our space to get caught up in what you know what is the formula for being successful and and trying to follow that um and i really had a shift i think um last may so almost a year ago when i i was down in austin texas and i was visiting with um noah kagan i don't know if mm-hmm. you know who that is yeah uh, yeah from AppSumo. and we were talking and he said to me um you know what would your ideal day look like and i i walked him through a day i was you know about how much I would draw in the morning and create cartoons and maybe um, sell them to clients. And, you know, my day really revolved around art. And then he also, then he asked me another question, which was, if you had to make $100 before you left Austin, how would you do it? And at the time I had EmpoweredDollar.com and so I hadn't la- launched Art to Self. And I was like, oh, you know, I would make an ebook about how to get out of debt and then you know, market it through my website. And he was like, does, does that sound fun at all? And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? N- no, it doesn't. But wasn't, wouldn't that be the best way to make money? Right. And he was like, well, you just told me you want to be doing art. Um, and if you were a marketer or someone really passionate about eBooks, sure, you could do that. But you just told me you love cartoons. And so he challenged me before I left Austin. He asked me, you know, have you ever sold a cartoon directly, just like a print of one of your cartoons? Again, these were the personal finance cartoons, but mm-hmm. some of them were a little more motivational and less, you know, specific about a financial topic. And I said no. And he said, okay, that's your challenge. Before you leave, you have to put, you know, email your list um, and try to sell a piece of your art. Um, yeah. And I did, but I'd never considered it. And I never. I would have been too scared to do it, even if I had, um, and I did, and I sold an art print through my personal finance website, and that was the turning point for me, which was someone I really admired who was so successful in the entrepreneur space, like Noah, to to ask me point blank, what is it that you want to do, and you should follow and do the things that you're good at. Um, it was a big shift for me, I think, when I realized that I didn't have to buy into the make money by selling an ebook. Um kind of mentality <laughs> yeah that there are no rules i mean that's that's right. that's what i keep trying that's what i tell people everyone who emails me is that there aren't any fucking rules you know mm-hmm. i mean seriously <laughs> just you know you can do you just there, do whatever it is you want to do and, and and that doesn't mean you know if you have a family to feed you got bills to pay it doesn't mean just go blindly jump off a mountain and just hope you know you land in a pile of cash but mm-hmm. but still just set setting yourself free from the constraints of you know of of rules and just that belief that you just you you can't really do what it is you really want to do exactly what Noah told you like you you really wanted to draw but mm-hmm. when you thought of how would i make money it you didn't your mind didn't go there cuz for right. some reason I, I you just didn't believe in, it was possible right totally i just i jumped back into the box like i thought outside of the box when i was dreaming about what i wanted my day to lo- to, to look like but as soon as someone asked me how i was going to make money i just kind of jumped back into the box and <laughs> just started thinking well what are the formulas out there how would i do this yeah um and and it, so yeah it was a huge huge shift for me and and again like you just said realizing that you can just, you can make it up. You can do whatever you want. And sometimes actually the most odd ways to make money, um, those are the ones that I think get the most attention. And I think if you're doing it from a really authentic place, that the, that will resonate with people more. And I'm seeing that with art to self, which is 
literally art and and my own journey on a piece of paper and if it resonates with you you know i welcome you to to donate to the cause and it's really um you can you can really create your own business model with anything if you're willing to think yeah outside of that prescription formula yeah i just i don't know i'm so fascinated by this that conversation with noah i feel like is just a microcosm of what all of us who are trying to do our own thing and make money at the same time go through. Um, because I ask people the same questions, you know, what would you really like to do? And a lot of times the response is, I have no idea. And I think the reason that people say I have no idea is again, just like you and me, you know, we've convinced ourselves that what we really wanna do isn't possible. So, and it's, right. and we convinced ourselves of that so deeply that when you're asked the question, what would you really want to do if you could make your day anything, you can't even think of it. Like you, you can't right. even, it, it doesn't even come to mind to say because it's just so, this deeply ingrained belief that you just, it's impossible. And that's the same experience with me with, with this show and I've got this podcasting course and I, I created the course because I didn't believe it would be possible for me to make an income from a podcast. I just didn't think it would ever be possible. You know, I'm never going to be Mark Maron or whoever, you know, someone famous who could have enough listeners to make an income from a podcast. And then um, it suddenly happened, you know, and mm -hmm. it's it's and then it changes. You know, I had that realization like three three weeks ago. I realized, wait a minute. I actually can make an income from a podcast. You know, this is possible. And suddenly that just, it's like the whole plan I had, the whole, the 2015, all the plans suddenly just, it's like they just exploded, you know, because I had turned that corner where for so long I just didn't believe what I really wanted to do could be done. And now I was seeing, wait a minute, maybe it actually can be done. And, and then that changes everything. Yeah, it really does. And it, it, I think um, for me, especially, it lit something up in me that I think um, in terms of my belief in myself and my abilities that I that I hadn't had this whole time as an entrepreneur or even before that. Um, and, you know, it's it, it, especially with a project and I'm sure you feel the same way about your podcast, but with art to self, it's from it's from this really, like I said, authentic place. It's, yeah it's doodles I want to do. It's notes that I know I need to read every day. I open up my own emails and I'm like, oh yeah, I needed that one today, even though I've scheduled them out for a week in advance. I'm like, oh good. Yeah. yeah. I needed that reminder. Um, it's and, for and you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I also think though, with that mind shift, I went through about a week where, um, I, something kind of lit up in me where I, I was like, okay, I need to, if if this can be successful, I need to start packaging it and marketing it to make <laughs> yeah. it grow even more. Right. And I realized I, I was sitting down at my desk and I was drawing a cartoon and I remember drawing it and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is going to get so many likes and shares on Facebook. And I stopped. <laughs> I yeah. stopped like mid-drawing and I was like, no, I cannot, I cannot approach this website and my craft and everything I'm doing with this from that perspective, because what's resonated with people so much is that authenticity. Yeah. Um, and that's, what's been working is the formula of creating things that I want to create. So um, I had a, I had a scary moment at the beginning where I was like, okay, well this can be successful, but I'm not going to create things to make it successful. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because it's working. Yeah. I mean, we are in so much exactly the same place. Cause it's almost like, it's almost like um, 
I was prepared for failure because I've been through that mm-hmm. a lot of times, but I was not at all prepared for success, which can be almost just as hard to deal with as failure because as you said, suddenly it's like, well, where the hell are all these people coming from? There's thousands right. of people listening. I can make money now. Like, how is this happening? I don't know how this is happening. And then suddenly I go back into that mental loop of what do I do? I don't know what to do with the show now. Now now that everyone's listening, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and when the answer is just keep doing what you're doing, you know, and it's exactly. but it's hard, uh, you know. It, it just, yeah, it, it sends you for a loop sometimes when something you really didn't, you were just doing for yourself, no expectations from, suddenly it's the thing that becomes popular and you have an opportunity to make an income from it and then you, and then, and then you just, you're faced with a whole new set of decisions. So for you personally, with, with art to self, like when you had that moment, um, where you started, you know, your brain switched to, I could turn this into a business. Um, I don't know, how, how, do you, how, how do you work through um, uh, keeping it what it is, you know, uh, doing the thing for you, but also with the hopes that, you know, maybe someday you could uh, make a full-time, you know, you could live off this thing that you do. Yeah. And, and I think it's real. it just, it feels like a tightrope sometimes, like just a balancing act of keeping myself, um, kind of grounded in, in the work that I'm doing and making sure that I'm doing these cartoons for the right reasons and yeah. immediately erasing that cartoon that I did <laughs> when I was in that mode of kind of marketing and growing this and pushing this, this out there. Um, I think one, one of the things I've been really trying to work on is, um, really soaking in the comments that I get. So mm-hmm. when somebody sends me a message or an email and they say, you know, thank you, I needed today's post or thank you, your art has inspired my 13-year-old to do put something up daily on Pinterest or, you know, they, like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking today. Yeah. Um, I think early on when I when I got that taste of kind of fast growth and success, I would take that compliment and I would go, okay, I need 13 more of those, or I need like 20 more of these. How do I, how do I multiply how this person feels by a thousand? Um, and instead what I'm really trying to do is, um, soak them in, uh, you know, literally write them down. And when I receive them, just say to myself, this is an indication that I am doing exactly what I need to be doing right now in the way that I need to be doing it. So I'm going to keep going Um, instead of having that fuel, this fire of wanting kind of immediate growth and instant kind of success and 10,000 subscribers right away. um, I think really trying to reframe my success to the present moment and being and just reminding myself that what I'm doing is is working. Yeah, well. One thing, you know, I I get a lot of those emails, too. And one thing I found, I just realized this a couple days ago, is I don't know if you're like this. Most of the time I end a a podcast interview or conversation and I'm completely depressed. I feel like it was terrible. I was an idiot. I asked all the wrong questions. It was just this worthless thing. And um, I don't know if you ever feel that way after you finish one of your drawings or something. And, and And I feel this pressure to, you know what is it that people want to hear, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I need to talk about that and ask those questions. And, um, and then I realized that the, the emails that I was getting, the people that were talking to me, 
um, that actually those those episodes were great because they wanted to know those same things. I, I don't know if I'm explaining what I'm what I'm trying to say no, here clearly, yeah. but but in other words. Even if I asked a question of someone that I wanted to know, but I was afraid that it was a stupid question, the reality is that everyone out there listening to it, they wanted to know that same thing too. You know, it's not it's not as if I'm making this show for some imaginary audience who is is just way beyond me. And it was just this realization that the things that I ask people, that the, just naturally, the questions that I want to know... Um, are, are the same things that they want to know. And so it's it it helps when you get in that mode where you're thinking of you're trying to make something that people will like versus just making the thing you want to make. And it's still it's still fighting it's still fighting that internal belief that no one wants what I want to make, you know? Right. And but when in fact that is what they really want. When you if you started trying to draw things for people, like this is what I think they want, you know, I don't know what would happen, but I would think it probably um, wouldn't go so well. Right. No, I, and that's exactly, I, I totally resonate with everything you just said. Um, you know, the, the, the art to self comics and notes that I send out um, that resonate most with people are the ones that I draw in my lowest points where yeah. I'm like, I do, what am I doing with this website? Like, where is this going? And then I just ask myself, what do I need right now? Like, what's a note that I need? And, um, you know, it, like today's note was something about it's okay to be frustrated. Just it's okay. Yeah. Um, and I just needed to hear that that day. And those are the notes where people send me emails. They're like, oh, thank you. I just needed that note. Yeah. And, you know, they're almost they're they're kind of like those um you know, you see those affirmational quotes over like a sunset. It's yeah. like happiness lies within and right. mine are a little mine are like the realer version of that. Like it's okay to not feel happy today. Like and here's a cartoon about it and here's a here's a little note about what I'm going through. Um, mine but, mine but are like, even more cynical than that. It's like, you know <laughs> it's like it's it's some version of happiness doesn't exist at all. So there. You know <laughs> Well at least and that's when people don't feel alone and so to your point you know asking a question that you might thought you might have thought sounded stupid or saying or just having a day or a note or a podcast or something that's like i am struggling here is why i don't have an answer i hope this resonates (laughs) with you too and um you know and again as an online entrepreneur as someone who kind of shares my successes on Facebook and also goes through like fear of missing out when other people go through successes on Facebook. I think it's really refreshing to hear either the questions that you thought were you didn't want to ask, but you ended up asking or those podcast episodes or, or my art notes that are just like, here's here's the ickiness that's going on. Yeah. And if you ever have to deal with this, it's OK. Um, people, I think, really appreciate that vulnerability a lot i think so too yeah the the episodes that i have recorded and felt the worst about felt like i really don't want to release this because i sound like an idiot this whole time um those are always the most popular ones um those are always the ones that seem to resonate the most with people you know um and it's you know it it comes back to you know there was this uh, i had seth godin on the show a while back and he said this thing that man it just it I just can't get out of my head where, you know, um, he was talking about, you know, the, what a professional does is shows up every day and dances with the fear. And, and I didn't know what he meant 
when he said that, and and I kept thinking about it, and I, and I realized that, you know, if I show up to do a show, and and I I do it where I play it safe, you know, I just ask what I think people want to hear, and, and maybe it ends, and I feel like that's a great show, you know. Um, in a way, that was a failure because I didn't do the thing that I was afraid to do. You know, I, I didn't right. I didn't ask. I didn't really be myself. I didn't really ask the questions I really wanted to know because I was too afraid that people would think that that's a dumb question. And when you show up every day and you face those fears and do the thing that you're really afraid of, I think he's right that that's that's when something um, something meaningful can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're willing to be vulnerable, because you could ask the question and it might not, um, you know, it feels scary to ask it. And and I think it's that, it, you know, instead of tying up an episode or for me, like packaging a, a doodle. So it's it's shareable and it's marketable and it's, it, 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 you know, letting somebody into the messiness or the weirdness or the, you know, whatever, whatever form it takes. Again, I'm, I always remind my own self and, and tell other people this, this, there's this quote, um, that I heard a couple months ago that really reminds me of how I want to run my business online. And it's success inspires us and vulnerability unites us. And Hmm. so I want to, I'm providing kind of a service to myself with art to self by sending these notes out and to other people who subscribe. Um, and I want to feel connected and united as a human with whomever I'm delivering these notes to. And it's great to be, you know, in the personal finance space to be able to, to share my success story as someone who's paid off student loans and, and all that stuff. But I really, um, I want people to know that, um, Every no matter what it looks like online, I'm going through tough days too, and we're a lot similar in that ways. And um, yeah, you know, not everything is like is roses and rainbows, um, even if you're looking on Facebook. So I, yeah. I try to keep that in mind too, which is I think dancing with the fear and stepping into it and willing to let someone in to see what's happening on the other side of the curtain is is a really wonderful way to connect with people. And it seems, it seems to be working for both of us too. Yeah. Well, so for your thing, for art to self, then, um, you know, I'm struggling with this too right now. Like, you know, there is the hope that it could, it could be the thing that puts food on the table and it's the thing that you, you know, the deepest part of yourself, the thing that you really feel is, is meaningful that you create. And so, um, I guess, uh, are you are you the planner type like like what do you um how how are you going about you know thinking about that like how how could how could i make money from this without compromising you know all the things that we've been talking about the authenticity and and, and all that stuff yeah oh and i am i am such a planner i like to have my life planned out you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. to the year yeah. if i can and what I'm realizing is an art to self is a great exercise for me because it's a daily game. I'm, I, I am producing something every single day and it's so incremental that I'm forcing myself back to the present. I think in a way that, um, I haven't with any other project that I've, I've worked on. So in a sense is the dailiness of it and sending out a note in a cartoon every single day has forced me to, to take it slow, um, especially in terms of growth. And uh, gosh, I've been doing it now for, you know, a month plus. I launched 
January 1st. And it feels oh, okay. like... I didn't know it was that soon, it, that recent. Right. It is. And and again, the, the growth and the reaction has been incredible. Um, and because I'm doing it every day, it feels like a lifetime. Yeah. But I, I tell people how eager and anxious I am to have it really grow. And, um, you know, people were my, you know, it's only been, um, you know, a month and a half. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you for that reminder. So yeah. um, I think the patience, my own patience has been really important in this. And then um, shifting the way that I think about earning money um, has been an important part of the process. And so part of what you know, sustainably is driving art to self is that my hope was that if it really resonates with people, um, they're going to support me with donations. And I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with the website brain pickings. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah. And so that was actually one of the bigger inspirations for, I was like, okay, someone is actually, they're producing content, a lot of content. It's a fabulous website. And I, you know, I can spend hours on that website um, you know, Maria who runs it is really passionate about everything she puts up there. Yeah. Um, and she's hoping that if it resonates with people, they would be willing to subscribe and donate. And so I decided I want to keep this pretty, pretty pure in terms of my, what I'm creating. And if it really hits home, then, um, I'm hoping for that kind of support financially. Yeah. I mean, um, that her, the, the, what that website was an inspiration for me too, because I, I listened to her in an interview on a podcast and, she just spent the whole time talking about, you know, art and philosophy and life. And, mm-hmm. and, and really what it came down to for her was, you know, how does one live a meaningful life? And that's what it comes down to for me, too. That's the ultimate question I'm trying to answer is what does it mean to be a human and have purpose and have meaning and fulfillment and those things? But then I have to remember that for her, you know, now at Brain Picking, she gets whatever, 7 million people visit her site a month. But she's been doing that website for almost 20 years. So mm-hmm. so it, it takes, um, that, that's the part that I don't really want to hear, you know, right. <laughs> is that, you know, um, she's doing it. She, she's where I want to be, but it's taken her years of just showing up every day and doing it um, to get there. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think, yeah, it's, um, it's that combination of especially, you know, your story really resonates with me so much, which is um, it really the things that we've produced have resonated with people um, so that we do have communities that really appreciate what we're doing. And so we know that what we're doing works. But at the same time, it's you know, I don't want to wait 20 years to make a living from this. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's that combination of patience and then understanding you know, will I need to pivot? So if, if I'm three months, four months, six months into this, um, and I, you know, I realize the donation model isn't sustainable. Um, what is it that can still help me preserve the art that I'm creating and yeah. it's, and where it's coming from and, and still try to make money. And, um, you know, I do also have like affiliate links. So I kind of have a list at the end of each email of the things that inspired the art for the day, like a book that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that also brings in some money, but it's also a place of, again, I only put down the things that really have truly inspired me or inspired this, sure. this piece of art. But I think, yeah, it's that weird combination of being really patient and then knowing, um, you know, is this a business or a hobby and when to evaluate um, what, what's the appropriate moment to evaluate 
your business model. Yeah, that that I that's very interesting to me too. Is the I think so many of the things that I've thought were businesses were really just hobbies, or at least that's how mm-hmm. I treated them. You know, that was the other thing Seth Godin talked to me. I feel like he kind of just spent the whole episode kicking me in the ass a little bit, but it was just like, you know, um, um, if it's a business, you've it's it's there is going to be work. You know, it's not just all fun, and you have to you have to get better. You know, that's that's the goal is to stick with it, don't give up, and keep getting better until eventually you'll reach a point where, you know, the world will be compelled to take notice. And the problem is most of us just give up long before that point. Right, exactly. And and I think, too, for me, I've realized how important it is to really enjoy the journey, which is if, you know, I really enjoy doing this every day. I love producing these notes and and drawing this art. Um, And I don't know where this is going to go. And I don't know if I'm going to do this for, you know, six months, a year, five years, who knows how long it's going to to happen. But um, I think if I'm tapping into that, that natural talent that I have, um, and I, I stick with it, it might evolve, I might have a day where the insight into how to turn this into a sustainable business pops into my mind, but mm-hmm. I have to, I think, stick with it, be patient, but also um, enjoy enjoy the process. Because if it's a hobby that I'm struggling to turn into a business, but I'm not even really enjoying the hobby, then it's not really worth it. But in the meantime, I'm creating notes that I love to read every day and, and drawings, and I love the daily practice of it. Um, yeah. And it's resonating with people, and that's kind of all I can ask for in the short term. Yeah. Well, that's really great, man. That's amazing. Um, I had no idea that the site was only a month old and people tell me the same thing. I mean, my show is only a little over a month old and it does feel like it's been a year, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) especially emotionally, uh, considering probably the same roller coasters you and I have both been through. Um, yeah, it's pretty, again, I need to exercise some patience and remember it really truly is only a month old and, um, who knows where it will grow from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it just takes, you know, I imagine you doing that every day takes a lot of time and, you know, producing a show of this length three times a week takes a lot of time. And, and right. it is tough um, when it takes so much out of you and you're still trying to make money and you figure out all these questions and, and all that. But I, I think it's really great. I, I think for me, the thing that has made the difference, and it sounds like you've had this realization too, is, is um, at some point you believed that you know it was it was possible to um do what you really really deeply want to do and still eat you know that it's that is possible you know and 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 once you believe that then um like your story and mine is proof that um you know it can happen you know it's not a guarantee that it'll happen but in other words it's possible you know yeah and and um I think too, just trusting myself that um I'm smart enough to know when something can be successful business wise and when it can't, and I'm also someone who really has a tight grip on <laughs> wanting a consistent income um and so my challenge is more about letting my creativity shine and just i think letting go of some preconceived notions and a little bit of that fear of is, it, is this going to work and just let it let it do its thing yeah um and and seeing where it goes well that's awesome man this was um i didn't realize that there was this much uh in common here it seems like right. very similar stories and so it's it's cool to know that someone else is making a success of it <laughs> and uh <laughs> 
stuff. So the the whole, you know, bringing it back to the beginning, uh, the move stuff um, is, is that is that uh, is that in the near future for you? Like, what what's the near what's the near future for you look like? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, personally, I, uh, you know, again, if my journey has really been letting go of kind of that security of of a steady paycheck or kind of knowing, again, as a planner, (laughs) knowing exactly what the future is going to be. So I'm really going to take the next year to, I think, one, create my own um, content, you know, online that can I can earn money out of the things that I create. And then the second is um, kind of testing out different places in life, like literal places like Colorado or um, I'm going to spend a couple weeks in Iceland, I think in May with some friends and, you know, traveling along the West coast for a while. And I think again, the theme for me this year is just kind of letting go and seeing what happens and really diving into the things that I want to do. Yeah. Definitely. So that's, um, I'm excited to see what this year brings and uh, <laughs> to see where this this whole project yeah. goes and how long um, how long I can do it and and um, I think where life takes me in general. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I hope I hope you keep doing the site and don't give up on it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and, you too with the podcast. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, thanks thanks for talking to me. Thanks for coming on the show. This was uh, this was great. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Adam. Well, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. I never know what to do with these outros. It feels just like a rehash of all the promotions and whatever shit I'm offering. So I apologize. I hope you listen all the way through to the end. I've got a special little treat at the end I've been including for the last two weeks. I don't know if any of you have heard it, but uh, do listen all the way through if you want to. Uh, yeah, you can, like I said, episode 29, we've got a bunch of other great episodes in the archives. You can check those out at avclark.com slash TGM. And we're on the Twitters at avclark and at TGM podcast. Facebook.com slash TGM podcast, pretty much everywhere. If you'd like to throw in a few bucks, help me make this show, make it better, then you can do that by going to avclark.com slash support. And uh, yeah, I'd love you. I'd love you forever if you do that. And um, get in on this week's giveaway. It's a really good one. Cotton Bureau's giving away a free shirt of your choice. You can do that at avclark.com slash giveaway. And I think this is going to be a great one. I'm excited to see who wins and what they get. So also be sure to go to fizzle.co slash TGM to get your six-week free trial of everything Fizzle has to offer. I promise you will not be disappointed. We've already got our own little sort of TGM community going in there. So that's fun. All right. I think that's it. That's all I've got. Happy Wednesday. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And I will see you next time. And until then, as always, thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend. Tell the world. Tweet. Do something. I need listeners, people. I need more of you. I need the world to love me. Just kidding. But I sort of do. All right. That's it. See you next time.
I don't know. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at? <laughs>